Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome to First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio. We're so glad that you're here this morning. We're glad that you're here to share with us the sacrament of baptism. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. Over the last few weeks, I've been talking about how Jesus used parables to reveal God's plans. And what we discussed last week is that in a parable, there are really two layers to the story. In this parable that we'll be reading today, there is both a deep story and a surface story. Now, the surface story is the story that resonates with wisdom and meaning for the listener. It reaches or it teaches a moral truth or some sort of life lesson. But in the case of the Gospels, particularly in Mark's Gospel, we see also how Jesus used parables to communicate a deeper story that is concealed within the story. And as I've said before, parables are like fishing tackle. There's this hook hidden in the bait, and the hook is the word of God. And Jesus would use these parables, he would teach people using these parables to draw people in, waiting for them to bite so that he could set the hook with the word of God, to take the bait and the hook too. The story would lure them in and then he would hook them. And in Mark chapter four, verses 21 through 25, following the parable of the sower, which we've been studying for the last couple of weeks, Jesus tells another little parable. It's a very short one, but this one is about a hidden light and it begins in verse 21. And I invite you to read along as I read aloud, either in the bulletin or on the screens in front of you. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Let us pray. O oh Lord, today we come once again to your word, hoping, praying that you will reveal your truth to us, not just in a way that we know it and that we see it with our eyes, but that we feel it in our hearts and hear it in our ears. Amidst the changing words of our generation, speak to us your eternal word that does not change. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it is in the name of your son, our precious Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. A parable is a story, but it's a story with a purpose. And in this case, this parable is more like a proverb. You know, one of those little bite-sized pieces of wisdom, a memorable little saying to, to catch your attention. Well, Jesus asks this question. Is a lamp brought into, uh, into the house to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? This story is about hidden revelation. And once again, Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying that there is something hidden here 
that is going to be revealed, something hidden that's going to be revealed. There's a deep story, and then there's the surface story. And as with the parable of the sower, the deep story is about Jesus. It's about the gospel, the deep truth and the deep person of Jesus Christ, the real identity of Jesus. That's what this little parable is about. Jesus is the lamp of God who has come to bring light and revelation. Even Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in writing about Jesus, John, the disciple wrote this. He said, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, C.S. Lewis takes these two expressions, one from the Lord himself and one from John, and puts them together into a beautiful phrase that, that I just love. Jesus, uh, C.S. Lewis describes it this way. He says, he is not only the light that we see, Jesus is not only the light we see, but he is also the light by which we see everything else. He's not just the light that we see, he is the light by which we see everything else. Jesus is the word of God. He is God's truth made flesh. In Jesus Christ, the God that people could not see became the God that they could see. And what Jesus and John were saying is that the world is not going to make sense. It's going to be in the dark until we see it in the light of God's truth. So what he's saying is that because of him, we see the world as God sees it. Because of him, we see others as God sees others. Because of him, we see ourselves as God really sees us. And because of Jesus, we see God as God wants us to see him. Not in our own concoctions, not in our own formulas, not in our own ways, but we see God as God wants us to see, it, to see him in and through Jesus Christ. But here's the issue. The light has been hidden. It's been covered up. It's been concealed. It's like a lamp hidden under a bed. This is the deep story, the hidden revelation. But just as the light in this story is hidden, Jesus is saying that there is more to him than what the people around him saw on the surface. Hidden in the manger is the Messiah. Hidden in the carpenter is the king. Hidden in the radical rabbi is the truth of God. And hidden in the son of man was the son of God. But hidden also is the good news and the truth about God's kingdom plan. Hidden in the trial was an innocent, sinless man. Hidden in the crucifixion was mercy. Hidden in the defeat and humility of the cross was the victory over sin. And hidden in the death of Jesus was life for us all. So even though the kingdom of God and Jesus' role in it remain hidden, the truth about Jesus has been concealed. It is going to be revealed. But the, re the, the revelation is hidden for a reason. I mean, look at what Jesus says. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except, listen to this, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, 
nor is anything secret except to come to light. Again, remember, a parable is like the bait and the hook. You put the hook in the bait so that the fish never sees it coming. It's been hidden so that Jesus can set the hook. Now, it's absurd, if we really think about it, to hide, to light a lamp and then hide it under a basket. And I can't even imagine why anybody would put a lit oil lamp under a bed. That just seems really dangerous to me. But the point is, it's been hidden so then it, that it can be revealed. And we might think, oh, that's nonsense. Except, think about this, every Christmas, you hide presents in very beautifully wrapped packages. Every birthday, you hide a gift in a very beautifully packed uh, package, a wrapped package. We love to give one another surprises, don't we? You know, and it's gotten so big that in, in many ways, it's even part of our culture. You know, one of my favorite shows, or one of my favorite reality shows, is a show called Undercover Boss. Have you ever seen this one? Undercover Boss is a reality show in which the, the CEO of a company goes down to those foundational ground level employees, you know, the ones who really make everything work. He goes down to them and he spends a couple of weeks working, doing the things they do, experiencing the things they experience, hearing the things they have to say. And then after about two weeks, after careful listening and participation, after all of this, he announces finally that he is the CEO of the company. And of course, for some people, they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. And others are like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. That's bad. And, and the point of the story though is not, or the point of the show is not to really necessarily grab these employees with a gotcha moment as much as it is to help them to know the CEO a little bit better without all the trappings of his office or her office and more importantly, so that he can get to know them and understand them in the place where they live. It's all the point of the whole thing is so that the employees will see that the boss gets them. So that they'll see his empathy growing. You know, one kind of spinoff on this, have you all seen the new, I think it's a, a Little Caesars commercial where Shaquille O'Neal, who's now on the board of Little Caesars, walks into a Little Caesars and he's got a blonde wig on. And he, and he pretends to not be Shaquille O'Neal, but they say, we, we know it's you. You're 300 pounds and 20 feet tall. But the point is, in this case, in this story, we can think about Jesus as the undercover boss. He's the one who's come, he's concealed, but the point is not for him to remain concealed. The point is not to give him a gotcha moment necessarily, but to reveal who he really is. It's not hidden to remain unknown, it's hidden to be revealed. And what this is, is a word of encouragement. Though people don't see who he really, really is right now, they're going to see who he is. Even though, though they don't hear right now or understand, they're going to understand. God's not wasting his time. God's not wasting his effort. And so here is Jesus, born in a stable, growing up in a middle class, as a middle-class kid, working as a carpenter who becomes a wandering teacher, who then turns out to be the king of the universe. Just when you thought that Jesus was dead even, defeated even, Easter happens. Golgotha is not a place of his defeat, but the field of his victory. The Roman cross is no longer a symbol of pain and shame and death. It is now the symbol of love and forgiveness of life and life. 
And the humble teacher is revealed as the light of the world that cannot be hidden. Jesus is hidden as the Son of Man to be revealed as the Son of God. And the very humanness of Jesus serves to show how God wants to be known. He's the Son of Man who wants us to know him by his love, by his mercy, by his service, by his humility. But hidden beneath all of that is the Son of God. And so ultimately, this story is a parable about Jesus' sovereignty. It is proof that he will not be extinguished. The resurrection proves that Jesus is not subordinated to anything, but rather he is supreme over all things, and that he is the light by which people will be enabled to see. He's not going to be subdued by any power, and he did not come to subdue us by his power. He wants to convict us by his love on the cross. That's the hook. The deep story is all about the hidden revelation of Jesus Christ. But as I said, there's also another level to this parable, the surface story. This is when the parable becomes personal because this parable is both a personal promise and a challenge to us. Jesus says, pay attention to what you hear. He's saying, this is important. I'm talking to you, not just those people back then, but everyone who hears this. So Jesus is saying to you right now, pay attention, I'm talking to you. If you remember the parable of the sower, the only command that Jesus gives in that parable is akuo, listen. But I want you to understand that the point, the force of this language, that is the way he says it, is not just Here's a one-time fact, and that's it. The force of the language is that he says, listen to me and keep on listening. You're not just going to hear this once. I want you to keep listening to me. The Lord is telling us, keep listening because God isn't finished yet. In our case, we might even say, keep on reading. Finish the story. Trust God, keep listening, and one day it will all come together. And keep listening. You've heard the setup, but you've not heard the punchline, the resolution. Again, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said that one day when we get to heaven, for the first 10,000 years, we're going to be saying, oh, that's why that happened. That which has been hidden is going to be revealed. So keep on listening. But this is not just a passive type of hearing. Christ's command is to keep on learning. Learning the truth of God is not a one-time event. It's a lifelong adventure. Jesus says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Beloved, I have got to tell you something about that little parable, about that little statement. This has nothing to do with wealth. This has nothing to do with money. This has nothing to do with status. This has nothing to do with a job or gifts or anything like that. 
There's so many people who said, well, those who have are always going to get more and those who have nothing, they're always going to lose everything they have. This has nothing to do with economics of any kind. This is a statement about the word of God. It is about knowing the word and the wisdom of God. It's about the truth of Jesus. This is about truth, wisdom, and specifically information. The wisdom that comes from knowing the word of God the truth about Jesus, and the person of Jesus. And the real question that this statement begs is, what are you doing with the truth of Jesus that you have received? He who has the knowledge of the word of God has wisdom. And he says, still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And that's why Paul, the apostle, when he prays for the church in Ephesus, says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I love that phrase. It shows up in the NIV, the New International Version, where he says, I pray that you would know him better. The point is, is that no matter how experienced you are in the study of scripture, you can always know God better. No matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, you can still know him better. You have just a thimble full of the ocean that is God. And you can know him better. And the point that God is revealing is that what was hidden through Jesus Christ is to know God better. Wisdom comes from a deeper knowledge of God. And the more knowledge you have, the more will be revealed and the more you will understand. It's cumulative. That's why if you continue to study, you're going to grow in wisdom. If you learn something and then don't ever study it, don't ever pursue it, eventually that fades away. John Calvin wrote this. He said, all the wisdom that we possess, that is to say true and sound wisdom, comes from two things, knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves. Through the study of God's word, we not only discover the truth about God, but the truth about ourselves. And the better we see God by the light of his word, the person and the truth of Jesus Christ, the better we will see everything else. You see, in the word of God, the God, the God that people could not see becomes the God that people can see. And the better we see him, the more we know about God and the better we will understand not only him, but ourselves and the world. Because hidden in God's word is the truth about you. The truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth that you are blessed and highly favored. The truth that no matter what anyone else tells you, you are a child of God and the real you is the you that the Lord made, not the world, not the you that the world tells you you are. This is, this is the word about God's revelation and a call to study, to learn, to know God and to know God's word better, and even to know God's world better by knowing his word. And so we need to learn to ask the right questions and find God's answers. What does our study of scripture tell us about God? 
What does it tell you about the world? What does it tell you about other people? And what does it tell you about you? And let me just go ahead and put in a plug. This is why Christian education is so important at all ages, not just for children, but for adults as well. This is why Sunday school and Bible study is so important from children to adults. This is why vacation Bible school is so important because under one of the most fierce temptations of his life, life, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is the word of God that will guard our hearts and minds against temptation. It is the word of God that must subdue every thought that leads us to destruction. You can have a full belly and an empty mind and an empty heart and you become an easy target for Satan. And so that's why we have to study. You know, it's not enough to be a mission church or a serving church or a fellowship community, even just to be a worshiping church. We have to be a learning church and a teaching church, a church that takes seriously its mission to teach the word of God. But here's the catch. Wisdom comes from taking God's word, from taking God and his word seriously. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And Jesus is saying, if you don't use it, you will lose it. The fool is the person who acts contrary to the word of God and is going to lose everything. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And so the more we know God the more we love God and the more we trust God and the more confidence we will have in God and the more we will expect from God. And so finally, Jesus is telling us to keep on expecting. Just as the light in this story is hidden, Jesus is saying that there is more to him than what we see on the surface. Hidden in the parable is truth. Hidden in his humility is power. Hidden in his witness is strength. Hidden in his law is freedom. And just as there is more to him than meets the eye, when the light of Jesus illuminates our lives, you will begin to see that there is more to you. Hidden in you is a difference maker. Hidden in you is a victor. Hidden in you is a disciple. Hidden in you is a child of the living God. Hidden in you is capacity. Hidden in you, hidden in your failure, is success. Hidden in your, hidden in your life in the prisoner is the liberator. Hidden in your brokenness is experience. And hidden in your experience is wisdom. Hidden in your hurt is empathy. Hidden in all of that is the light and wisdom of Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe that, keep listening and learning and expecting. As Lamentations 3.26 says, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so here's what I want to ask you. What is God hidden to be revealed by his word? And what is God hidden in you to be revealed by his word? Jesus didn't just say, I am the light of the world. He also said that by the power of the Holy Spirit and by his great commission, you are the light of the world. And he says in Matthew 5, 26 and 27, 
So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be, matter, will be added to you. What are you doing with the opportunities that God has given you? What are you doing with the truth of grace, the truth of the love of Jesus Christ, and the truth of his power to make a difference in your life that God has given you? What are you doing with the truth of Jesus? Are we concealing it or revealing it? Are we hiding it and putting it out where everybody can see it? Or are we putting it under a bushel? Are we putting it up on a lampstand where everyone else can see it? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have called us not only to see the light of the world, but to be the light of the world. You've called us to take your light and to grow in it, to walk in it, to learn from it, to share it. And yet, Lord, we, we seem to be more adept at concealing it than revealing it. Lord, awaken us to your call, not only to receive this word, but to hear it, that it might, but to share it, that it might be multiplied. Help us to see both the deep story and the surface story as it challenges us. And Lord, help us to believe the truth that your scripture sets before us of your world, of your, of your life, and even of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.